Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Inside Job with your hosts, Jess and John. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Inside Job podcast. I am Jessica Shear, and I am here with my co-host, John Bargo. What's up? <laughs> what up, dog? <laughs> what up? How's it going? <laughs> this is episode number 18. Mm-hmm. And when John and I were speaking about what to talk about this episode, we figured it would be best to talk about something relevant mainly in my life right now, but John has had heaps of change. So change is going to be the theme of this episode. Yes. It's going to be change, how to deal with it, how to cope with it, how to manage change, mm-hmm. how to get out of your comfort zone, why that's important, why it's really, really pivotal to properly go through the steps to acclimate to your new, to your uncomfortable zone. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that today. And John was talking about doing some prep for the episode. And I said, you know what, John? (laughs) Hey, why would we prep? (laughs) Because of all these changes, I don't have any energy to prep. I am exhausted from all this change. No, I'm just, I'm being, um, I'm being dramatic. But I think it's one of those episodes that's best to just kind of talk on the fly. Because it's coming from the heart. It's 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 emotional. It's real. And it's raw. And that's what we need to do today, John. We need to be honest. Because I'm sure a lot of people are going through similar things. Whether that be career change breakups, the start of new relationships, whether that be friendship, romantic, mm-hmm. something with family. Everyone's always going through some sort of change. And if you're not, yeah. you're probably not progressing. Right. How do you feel about that? Facts. That's exactly how I feel about that. Uh, the biggest growth I've ever had in my life is through change, uh, whether I wanted that change or not, uh, whether that was positive or negative. Um, you know, over the last few years, personally, I've just experienced tremendous amount of change in my life. And, you know, needless to say, I'm in the best place of my life because of that mm-hmm. change. And it wasn't easy. It was, you know, some was hard, some was easier than others. But like, you really get to know a lot about yourself. And you can learn a lot about yourself of how you handle these situations. And so like, after I retired from the fire department, um, I didn't handle that change very well, which which I thought I was going to be able to handle that easily. You're like, oh, cool, I'm 43, I retired. I, you know, I'll, you know, you guys have heard the story, but, um, but it was it caught me off guard, and then I ended up going down this rabbit hole of not of, of bad things, right, of, of self destructive behavior and, and whatnot, and so, um, yeah, it's just change is always around us. It's always taking place, especially now, like just in today's world of just technology in itself. Mm. Like I used to think I'm like, Oh, I'm going to always hang with the it side of things and be able to like move through that. Well, it's moving so fast. Like (laughs) you have to be boots on the ground nonstop. And then you blink your eyes for a minute. And now all of a sudden, like, which I'm a true legit grandpa, but like now I'm like grandpa mode, (laughs) (laughs) like trying to keep, how do you wire this? Right. Um, And, And John, I think a lot of people face that, I mean, I don't think I know a lot of people face that same challenge when they retire. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of clients who just retired and don't have any cr- extracurricular activities and they're desperately trying to find ways to fill their time. Mm-hmm. It's hard. How do you go from working, you know, 40 to 60 hour weeks for 20 to 30 plus years to having absolutely nothing when you come out of the workforce? Yeah. How is someone meant to manage that? There should be courses. I'm sure there are courses on how to bridge that gap between working full time to retirement mm-hmm. and where to you know to find the things that drive your passion and still drive the things that you love doing mm-hmm. forward like really honing in and refining the skills that you've always wanted to execute into your, into mm-hmm. your passion projects because what do you do when you retire 
in the day before you were working. How does that work? How do you make that big of a change in the matter of a day or two? Right. It's scary. Say, yeah, John, what did it you is do? Scary. Well, I had other businesses planned. So that was all going to go down that route. And then that particular business did not go the way I wanted it to. Um, then, then that's where I, I lacked purpose. I lacked a direction and I lacked the skill set to move forward uh, in a constructive manner. You know, so constructive is that's such a good that's a keyword. <laughs> keyword. Constructive versus destructive, right? It's mm-hmm. really easy when you start going down that rabbit hole of right. negative thoughts and like, what am I going to do now? And, and you start to you mm-hmm. you start to talk negatively to yourself, and it becomes destructive and not constructive, right? Mm-hmm. We need to move forward, not regress. Right, exactly. So, you know, I look at you know this this topic of a conversation kind of came up because this is a huge week for you, mm-hmm. and you know you have been in the physical fitness training industry for how many years? Probably around eight or nine now. Okay. So now you are essentially moving on from that. And now you're becoming a teacher. You've been prepping for this. You've, you know, you've known it's coming. Um, but now it's here. And that's kind of why I want to do this this week, because not only can we document <laughs> like this first week in teaching, how's it going, you know, you know, get some feedback on that. But um, like, how how are you <laughs> <laughs> dealing with this um, this change? Because it's a lot. Right. And you didn't have to change. But I think it's fascinating with humans. I know I'm just going to start babbling here, but like we're <laughs> always it's not that we're always evolving. I think, at least the people I hang around with, that it's like you, I don't know if stagnant would be a good word, but all of a sudden now you're just like, you know what, I'd like to continually grow. You know, I just had my grandkids in, in town and one of them's one and a half and I was just watching her navigate the house and, you know, do whatever she's doing. And then, um, but to where, where you just evolve, not only physically, but then emotionally, start having some emotional intelligence and so I'm, I'm going off on a little tangent. We were talking John about going off on a tangent. No, <laughs> not even a tangent, just a distraction. But, um, but yeah. So tell us, tell us about this week and how you've been dealing with this change. What a weighted question. There, this is a very uh, multifaceted answer. Mm-hmm. I've in this past week. In this in the short time have realized a lot about how I handle stress, anxiety, inner conflict, and new challenges. So just to give a background on what's been going on to everyone, I finished up my personal training position at a gym that I've worked at for quite some time now for the past three and a half, four years, and I started student teaching on Monday of this of this past week, so four days ago, three days ago. I've never taught in front of a classroom before. I've only ever observed. And the next part of my schooling is student teaching. And it's 16 weeks, and I'm meant to just start with a really slow load of lesson planning and helping the teacher with what she needs help with. But my teacher said, Jessica, I know you. I know you can handle this. I am giving you at least one period from day one, and that is going to be your classroom. And you can cultivate the kind of environment that you want to because it is full autonomy on your end. Wow, that's awesome. It, it is awesome, but I was freaking out because I found this out like less than a week beforehand. Uh-huh. And I'm freaking out. You know, I don't have any curriculum planned. I don't have any content to deliver. So I had to kind of just ride on her, her 
Is it coattail? Yeah. Curtail? Coattail. Coattails, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My brain is fried. Coat on her coattail because I don't have anything prepped. So on Monday, I had my very first class. Uh (laughs) It's challenging. I forget what high school kids are like. And because I'm teaching a... So I'm teaching a health science class. Mm -hmm. In the introductory unit, it's just what is health. It's super simple. We're going over physical, mental, emotional, and social health. And in this class, I have grades 9 through 12. So it's a wide range of ages from 14 to 18. That's a big difference. You have kids. Yeah, especially in that time. Oh, gap. yeah. It's so developmental and impressionable. Mm-hmm. You have kids who are coming from middle school who are like, you know, 4, 8. And then you have these seniors who are committed to, you know, D1 schools for sports <laughs> and they're 6, 3. And they have, you know, body hair and facial hair. And they, well, I don't know they have body hair, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> don't like that. Just kidding. Um, they have, they're just so different in, in their cognitive processes too, right? The, the mm-hmm. amount of information they know, how they critically think. So I'm up here trying to cater to every student and be the best possible teacher I can be. Mm-hmm. And I had this one kid in my class, a few kids in my class, challenging everything I was saying. I mean, everything, John. So it was a rough first day, right? Because they're looking at me. They don't respect or trust me yet. They don't know right, me. Yeah. I have no credibility with these students. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. If, you know, I, I look young. A couple of kids asked, like, Mishi, are you a senior? I said, do you have any seniors that teach high school classes here at Poway? Little punk. Exactly. So <laughs> it, it's hard because, you know, I look young and they're, they're a little confused as to what's going on, right? They mm-hmm. walk into a class where it says the last name of their teacher and it, oh, here I am, Miss Shear, not the last yeah. name they thought. Student te- They don't know I'm a student teacher, though. Mm-hmm. If they listen to this podcast, they will. So <laughs> I love period four. Just kidding. <laughs> No, I went home, John. I had an absolute meltdown. Um, And I don't remember last time. I mean, a meltdown, like a full, proper, anxious meltdown, crying hysterically. I mean, for like probably an hour and a half, like crying on my bed, like questioning everything. Am I in the right? Is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? Like, did I make the right decision? Am I even going to be good at this? What am I doing here? I mean, just so many things running through my mind. Like my neural pathways were so cluttered. And I couldn't finish thoughts. There was nothing. There was no complete thought being pushed out of my brain and onto paper. So it was just circulating in my mind, and I couldn't. I didn't know where to start because I don't think I've ever had that much on my mind at one time. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I even laughed because I knew it was out of control. But I was already. I was too deep in it. I was like in this full meltdown where I just needed to cry and release. And it, yes, did it feel better? Yeah, but I had so much to do, and this the anxiety that I felt is kind of unprecedented for me. I, I don't deal with a lot of anxiety regularly. And I've woken up anxious every day. I mean, like my stomach hurting, my chest feels heavy. And because I'm thinking I want to be the best possible teacher I can be. Right, and right. it comes with such a weight on my shoulders because I, I, it's not like if I mess up, these kids aren't learning and I'm not delivering the best possible instruction I can. And for all they know, they think I'm a teacher who's been there, who's been there for a while or maybe not, but I hope they do. Right. Meanwhile, it's my first day ever. So I'm just learning and trying to intake as much as possible. But it's scary. That's a massive career change from, I, you know, I finished my job on Friday, start a new one on Monday with no training. Yeah. I was just thrown right into it. And each day got a little bit better. I got a little mm-hmm. more comfortable and confident. Yeah. That being said, though, there's just so much to learn. And I was talking to a friend and he was saying, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not going to learn everything there is to learn in one day. Right. Or in one week or the month or even five school years. You're, you're going to be constantly learning. And the fact that I had such an unreasonable, unreasonably high expectation for myself, I think was indicative of the lack of adversity that I've really had to face in a career space. Mm-hmm. Because of my first day and I'm having a meltdown 
And I thought my conflict resolution skills were great. I kind of prided myself on my ability to face adversity head on. Right. And I was not coping well at all. So I've already, within, within four days now, I've been confronted with feelings I've never really felt before. And I'm seeing how I mentally deal with these situations it's You're aware one, of it, though. That's the first step. The awareness is correct. Thanks, John. Yeah, I agree. Awareness is there. And I always thought I was so mentally strong. Like, oh, I can handle anything. Well, but you are. You are, right? I mean, if you're teaching... Thank you. In, and from what I've known you, I mean, you're teaching, um, you know, your group fitness classes with age groups all right. over the place. And typically, the older people have the, like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm wrapping myself into that one. Right, but they're uh, not the, pubescent teenagers. They're, well, they're immature. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you could probably you spoke your mind freely though at that class is probably the difference. Right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you're, you're playing with a set of rules now. But yep. So I have a potty mouth. I have to watch my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you have to be very very highly appropriate. You have to watch your back at all times. Watch, you're just protecting yourself constantly. No, but John, it's it's been good because this is one of the biggest changes I've ever had in my life. Maybe the biggest, other than moving to like internationally, I'd say, mm-hmm. in terms of career, outside of fitness. So it's good. It's just it's scary, and there it's everything's unknown. Right. And that's the scary part about risks, right? It's right. only a risk if what's to come is unknown. Right. Which truly everything is unknown. Right. I mean, so everything. Am I yeah. gonna like this? Do I want to stay in this forever? And I'm like, Jess, right. things permanent. You don't have to do anything forever. But right, but you're doing it. You're trying it. Uh, yeah. My daughter, my oldest daughter, just left today, and, and she's experiencing some changes in life and, and whatnot. And um, But she put a quote up the other day on her Instagram, and I really liked it. And I was asking her about it today because I was telling her, telling her that we were going to do this podcast on change. Let's and this speaks, it, this speaks right to you. Uh, easy on yourself. You've never done this before. Right? So, like, be, is that the quote? Yeah, easy okay. on yourself. Be easy on yourself. Yeah. You've never done this before. That's exactly right. So simple, so Having true. Having that self-compassion for yourself and not beating yourself up over something that you've never done before. You know, you step up, you're like, hey, I'm going to put my, my big boots on. <laughs> Literally, big boots. <laughs> <laughs> I have Doc Martens on right now. That's why he's saying that. Um, and you go in there and you just, you know, you are a competent person and you're able to go in there. But yeah, it's scary, right? Yeah. And All what, eyes are on you. Totally. And you have 38 kids who don't believe in anything you're saying, looking up at you. Some kids are rolling their eyes because they mm-hmm. think they're too good for you and too good for the class, right? Meanwhile, they're like 14 and can't drive yet. So <laughs> <laughs> come on <at me> later, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> just kidding. Anyways, but the self-compassion uh, part was really important, what you just said, because I always thought I had a lot of self-compassion, but I realized I'm so, so critical myself and it comes with the competitive nature I have with myself primarily with others mm. too but mainly with myself yeah and on day one I knew it wasn't my best performance I could have possibly delivered but how could I have ever delivered that performance if I've never done it before right but I went home and I was like bashing myself like oh I could have done so a b c x y z this you're way always, you know? yeah right you're always going to do that I would think not you're always going to do that but like that's something you're always going to replay that you're always you're right. never going to have a perfect class yeah it's just never gonna happen so how long did you sit there and beat yourself up for an hour and a half an hour and a half and then on tuesday i did it again <laughs> the next day i went home and cried again <laughs> so we're locked about three hours of beat down this week that <laughs> we're only on tuesday though today's thursday today's thursday yeah i i've yeah this is so cheesy to say but i've probably cried more in the past you know couple of weeks in than like a very long long time put right. together but well what's the plan so are you is, feeling better? A better class today? Today was Thursday class. Yeah, each class has gotten better. And y- you know what? I need to act like it's... 
I have more than one day, more than one week to refine these skills. Mm-hmm. Like each day, as long as I'm improving and reflecting and doing some sort of like self auditing regularly, right. it's going to keep getting better. So yeah, exactly. the days have gotten better. And one quick little story. I'm not going to be that teacher who tells stories all the time, by the way. Actually, I take that back. I probably will. <laughs> <laughs> but there was this one student, he called me over and he said, Monsieur. I walked over to his desk. They were doing independent work, working on this project I signed. <laughs> I signed. And <laughs> he said to me, he said, how long have you been teaching for? I didn't know how to answer that question. So I said, why do you ask? He said, you are very confident and really passionate in what you're teaching, what you're speaking about, and you're really knowledgeable on the subject. He goes, but I, he goes, are you a little anxious? And now I'm on the defense. I'm like, why would he, why would he say that? Like, is that showing? Can, <laughs> can people tell I'm anxious? And I said, why do you ask that? Yeah. He goes, well, you're doing a little pacing back and forth when we were just watching a video and you, like, you couldn't really sit still. <laughs> I said, what? You're watching every move I'm making? He goes, yeah, because I'm trying to figure out because he goes, the way you speak to everyone sounds like you've done this for a long time. He's like, but other little mannerisms. This guy's psychoanalyzing all of my the, behaviors, John. How about the awareness of this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know what? I said, don't tell your classmates, please. I said, but I'm a student teacher and Monday was my very first class teaching. And, and he was in disbelief, which was so flattering within itself without having, him having to say anything verbally. Right. But he said, oh my gosh. He goes, I, I really wouldn't have known that, but there were little things I was noticing. And yeah. he said, it's hard because I'm upperclassmen and we need a faster paced class, but you're also yeah. trying to cater to the freshmen who just came from middle school. Right. He goes, so I understand how difficult and challenging this must be. Wow. This kid sounds like he's an adult. How about he goes, that? can I just give you some advice? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I go, yeah, let's hear it. Uh, he said when when you put on like a TED talk or when you you know when you're putting on like a little video for us to watch before we start like a lecture, just sit at your desk as you can play solitaire on your computer. Just act like you don't really care because then it makes you seem more confident. <laughs> <laughs> like oh my gosh. Anyways, it was funny. He was super helpful and he gave some really good advice How and about feedback. That? That's pretty interesting. Yeah, my teacher goes. Mm, did anyone ask for his opinion? I said, no, but I, honestly, anything is welcome at this point. Hmm. And that's another big thing is being open to receiving constructive criticism. Let's move on to that topic before I keep telling teacher stories. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I struggled with that one for a long time because I just figured I was doing it the right way all the time with no mistakes. <laughs> Firefighter <laughs> ego, John, brother. Um, God, I keep on thinking of this one uh, particular circumstance where... Uh, I did not stick the landing. That was one of the presentations I gave him. You're well aware of that one. Uh, We talked pre and post on that one. Um, But I didn't do as bad as I thought. And but you had said it earlier about analyzing it and reviewing it and and taking away the points, which worked, which didn't learning from your mistakes. Right. So we're everything we're doing. Our life is filled with failures. One after the next, one after the next, but yet you improve on it. Like you become, if you're not learning from your mistakes, then I'm sorry. <laughs> and if but you're like, not open to learning from other people, exactly. from yourself, yes, we should be able to constructively criticize ourselves and receive it from others. Right. How you don't get better unless you know what you did wrong and how to improve and progress from there. Right. And it, even I'm even know I'm in a different mind space now and I, I want to hear the constructive criticism about how I can be ideally the best version of myself. It still sucks to hear, right? And you're like, oh God, it's... Im- yeah, my palms are sweaty just thinking about getting constructive criticism. <laughs> yeah, mine too. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure even on this podcast, they're like, oh, the sound, it's echoey. You guys are too loud. Don't you have an equalizer? Uh, we're doing the best we can, all right? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's... It, 
I think that it comes with maturity, emotional maturity and intelligence that comes with that when you're able to like, okay, and especially getting constructive criticism from uh, someone that you respect. You know, I, I appreciate when that happens because, you know, they see something that I don't see in myself or a way I can improve a situation. One of that kid's 17 years old and he's watching you pace back and forth. But that's also you in a way too. Like, right. I'm like, you don't know me. Yeah. <laughs> I get 20,000 steps a day. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so, but, but good information though, but it is interesting to see that, you know, he would be picking up on that, but absolutely. But yeah, I, I think the major part of my meltdown was the abrupt change and everything, but isn't change always abrupt? I mean, you have to start from one day to the next with something. Like change, it's hard to gradually change. If you're taking a you know a risk or a leap of faith or starting something entirely new, mm-hmm. it's going to feel pretty abrupt. And how you cope and how you deal with that becomes really essential. How do you deal with stress? How do you deal with anxiety? Right. Right. Like yeah. the, we need to have those coping mechanisms in order to move forward. I think too. Like, I mean, there's like big life changes. Maybe like a sudden change, and all of a sudden that's a phone call. Right. That's a bad change. Or it could be the school you've been waiting to get into great change you know um, I have a my youngest she's a senior in high school she's going to be going off to college somewhere found out today that she was accepted into uh, a couple schools that she really wanted to get into sp- some specific colleges business colleges and it's scary for me too of like this you know when she moves out now all of a sudden I'm an empty nester um, you know we know it's coming We've already right. taken, you know, steps, you know, to what we're going to be doing after she leaves. But um, it's still a change. When Dylan left for, for college, that was a big change. That was the first kid to move out. Right. Um, you know, that we raised. and But at the same time, I'm, like, excited for her to move on with her life, to start experiencing change and growth she's so ready to go like she's just a mature kid she's ready to rock and roll and move on to the next portion of her life and um you know there's changes like that and then there's the simple changes too of like hey i know my diet's not good and so like even when we're going through these changes like for example like you this week right so and i don't know what you've done this week or how you've been eating but you know diet putting good fuels in your body is going to help you not only, you know, feel better, but you're, it's going to help you function better. It's going to help your brain. You're going to sleep better. If you were drinking a Red Bull before you tried to go to sleep or eating a bunch of sugary food or a lot of carbohydrate rich food or refined foods, I mean, that's just going to mess with your gut health. It's going to mess with your thinking. It's going to mess with the brain fog. And even if you like you, I was just listening to a podcast the other day and Clearly not as good as ours, but they were talking about <laughs> <laughs> um, about caffeine and how some people are like, yeah, I can fall asleep right away with caffeine. It doesn't bother me. Well, uh, the science and data out there are showing that, yeah, you may fall asleep, but your nervous system is still affected by the caffeine. So you're not falling into as deep a sleep as you thought you were. And so it takes like... I forget how the how that breaks down what the half life of caffeine is. Uh, maybe it's eight hours. I, I don't know the numbers on it, but uh, but it, regardless, that caffeine's going to stay in your body, and and so you're going to have the effect of that. So um, exercise, you know, 
I don't know how your workout schedule has been this week. I mean, everything has changed this week for you. I mean, I, I hope you're still getting your 12 minutes of meditation in every morning. <laughs> I've actually done that twice this week. Yes. It's not great, but it's, it's better than nothing. Better than nothing. You know why? Because I am having all the students write down a habit they want to yes. um, stick to for 21 days. Mm-hmm. So I, I told them that was mine. I have failed on one day now. But <laughs> anyways, I think, um, I think the first step in dealing with change is number one, to compartmentalize. When you have so much going on in your head, being able to get it either on paper or on a calendar and somehow just break it into smaller chunks and pieces really helps because you have this like big daunting thing that lies ahead of you and you're seeing this massive big picture. Mm-hmm. And you're like, how can I fill the space? How can I do all these things at once? You can't. You can't do all these things at once. So first, compartmentalize. I think that's going to help with the change process. Number two, what you're talking about with exercise and diet, John, is controlling what you can control, right? Mm, yeah. There's a lot of right. stuff with change where there's so much unknown and you're, you're learning and you're going through this entire new process. But the things you can control are, yeah, what you're putting in your body, mm-hmm. how you're moving your body. Sometimes it's hard to control how much time you have, right? Because there's some time needs to be allocated and dedicated to, you know, different priorities now. But you can set aside the time. You can decide what you do with your free time, mm-hmm. whether that's preparing your food better, whether that's getting everything done so you can get into bed at nighttime 30 minutes earlier or right. wake up 30 minutes later because you've already prepped the night before. Right. You, so that brings me to the third point of change. Being really, really uh, diligent with your time management skills, which is my <laughs> biggest... John's, John's looking at me like, okay, lady. That's one of my biggest weaknesses, my time management. I'm not an organized person. So here's a question for you. Yeah. With... Shoot. Shoot. Uh, shooter. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. It's still going to make it. Uh, okay. So now you actually have like a, a schedule. Like I know that you had a schedule before, but like, I mean, you'd work with clients at different times, you know, moving back all around. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you have a set schedule for work. Will, do you think it'll be easier to find a, a standard routine going to bed at a certain time every night, waking up at a certain time? Like, because it's been, I know that you've had clients at like 6 a.m., right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think I was a little bit excited because it, it is more of a standard routine in terms, you know, I get to the high school at 7 o'clock. So I still have to wake up early, get there at 7 o'clock. I leave by 3 o'clock. I'm there for the eight hours. And because that's part of my day is so structured and set, it's easier to build things around it. Obviously, this first week, it's a little bit hectic. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to navigate all the time mm-hmm. outside of work. But you know, it's full-time unpaid work because it's part of my school. So now I'm going to figure out where I can train my clients outside of that space. But now I have this set thing where I can work around. You're right. So instead of looking at it in this negative light, like, oh, I, I, don't, I don't have any time. I'm, I'm exhausted. How do I do this? Like, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's time to move forward. You've accepted the change, the I've plan. I've accepted the change. And I think my anxiety was it was starting to hinder, like, my, my forward progress. You, if you're anxious, you can't move forward because you're worried about something in the in the future right and the Correct. worry right and a lot of times worry happens like is this going to happen right did that happen what, what's going to happen and then you're stuck in this crippled zone mm-hmm. so yeah i'm going to be better with structure and because i'm going to be working outside of school and i need to find my own time to train and to prepare and cook and do all these things and have a social life mm-hmm. hello yeah it's going to force me to be more organized i have no choice if i want to be a if i don't want to be a zombie right I feel a little zombie-like right now. Well, yeah. It's only even speaking, like, how am I even talking right now? I feel like I have nothing left in the tank. And you still got to make Daniel and I 
dinner. Yeah, I'm cooking an ice creamy <laughs> Parmesan mushroom homemade gnocchi tonight. Yeah, sounds good. With no vegetables, just some creamy, creamy <laughs> pasta potato so dumplings. So what we just said about eating healthy and... <laughs> so you'll have brain fog Balance tomorrow. Balance is healthy too, John. <clears throat> that's true. Um, so anyways, yeah, yeah. I, I, being organized, that's gonna, a skill that I'm going to have to really hone in mm-hmm. and a- acquire. Not even hone right. in, sorry, acquire. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you... You know, I'm just thinking too, like, so you'll, you'll have a few weeks here to get that structured, work out the details, you're moving forward, positive attitude around it. I mean, in the long run, it's like, hey, you chose this path. It's exciting. It's new. It's fun. Challenges. I do like challenges. Um, but you also have a network, right? You have a network of people that are here to support you. And you know that, like, I mean, you have some amazing parents, um, you know, great friends I've had an opportunity to meet, um, you know, and it's just like, you know, you can lean on them and they, I, I, I'm not kidding. Every time Jess and I are together, we're recording or whatever the heck's happening. No less than like three or four FaceTimes from <laughs> friends all around the world, calling her, uh, touching with her mom, random phone calls with her brother. You know, just like, I think it's amazing. Like, so you have this amazing support network underneath you holding you up. So, um, which is amazing. It's just great, you know, and, um, you know, fortunately for you, you have that. Some people don't have that, and you know, but but there are communities out there. There's the networks of people. Um, you know, if you don't have that, I would suggest find that, find that support group, if you will, and if you like that word or not. You know, some people might feel they don't need right. a support group, but <laughs> but that can take. I have. I'm involved in lots of different support groups, you know, doing different things, and and some are support groups because I want to go out and. I don't know, do something crazy physically, you know, and hey, they're going to support me when to challenge this, you know, yeah. as you get ready for your, your triathlon that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, <laughs> when is that? That's like April or something? A month from today. Yeah, so, so you train, now you got to work that into your schedule. I've trained. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, yes, exactly. Another thing I have to work in. John, I, I like what you said about how it's fortunate, right? Like counting your blessings during change, first of all. Mm-hmm. I chose this change. We, I, we can't forget that. Usually when we right. have change in our lives, it's because we chose that. So when I caught myself having meltdown and whining, and I mean, you know, I, right, it was right. justified, but <clears throat> the complaint, like, if it, you know, complaining or whining about it, it's like, Jessica, you chose this. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And now you need to put your big girl pants on and move forward. And the boots. And, and the boots. <laughs> and my big girl boots. And your top marks. Yeah. Right. And be grateful for like, I, I have such a good support system. You do. I have the skills to do this. Yeah. Right. I, I've proven to myself time and time again that I can do the hard shit that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And this time is no different. It's just on a way greater scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think reminding yourself that you not only did you choose this change in your life, most likely you have the skills to go through it, whether they're kind of under the surface or you're about to explore them or mm-hmm. excuse me, about to uncover them, they will be explored and you're mm-hmm. going to figure it out quickly. Hopefully, yeah, right. hopefully you can adapt quickly. Yeah. And that's the big part about change is asking yourself, how quickly can I adapt? How quick of a learner am I? How quickly can I take this new skill that I'm just now processing and turn it over to keep refining and making those skills from, you know, little, little, little squares right. to massive squares. Mm-hmm. And right what am I talking about? Squares? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, no. You're just talking about like your, your skills and building upon what them. When I and say squares, though. Because you have a little square you're building on, and then you just... <laughs> yeah, whatever. Just, let's hope that made sense. <laughs> We're not scratching um, 
you know, too, we've talked about, well, this was in our episode about gratitude and, and uh, journaling. Mm-hmm. But journaling the positives that are coming out of all this change. Right, you know, good, just John. Yes, as, as when you guys are done doing your meditation in the morning, do some contemplation about, hey, how does this future look? How does this day look? What am I going to work on? And then, like, hey, you know what? Monday was a tough day um, for such and such reasons, but now I'm going to write all the good that came out of it. What What did I learn that I'm going to hold on to and move forward? What did I not like about how that went? And now I can use that to change. And then we've talked, we've already talked about the, the brain, the prefrontal cortex, how it's connected and, and that's writing. And then there's pathways and mm-hmm. it's all good stuff around there. So, and what you said was, it was really good too, John. My, my teacher actually gave me a little self-reflection form after my first day. And on the top, she wrote successes in the middle. She wrote challenges and the end she wrote changes, right? So breaking them down to the positives, the things that you did really well, like you said, like, what did I do? Well, mm-hmm. those are your successes. Yes. Right. Right. The difficulties you faced, those are your challenges. Mm-hmm. And then here comes the forward change part, right? The changes. Yes. And it's such a simple little three tiered system, but it works because it's not only reflection, but it's, it's constructive criticism and positive feedback. Mm-hmm. Right. And we, we need a little bit of both. Right. Because it is, it's being compassionate towards yourself. Right. And showing yourself some grace. Yep. Yeah. And, and change, it doesn't happen overnight. Right. So like if you're making personal changes, like we're in this scenario for you, you know, you're making personal professional changes in your life. It's, you know, eight years ago when you started teaching to be a trainer, I'm sure you were nervous with your first client and, um, maybe you weren't probably, who knows, (laughs) but like, but who you are then and who are you are today are two different people. And so it's not going to happen overnight, but it's a consistency over time of you showing up every day, doing that, practicing, implementing these tools every day of, you know, recognizing the positive, knowing this is not going to happen overnight, knowing that I'm going to trip and fall along the way. And that's okay. You can pick yourself up, not beat yourself up about it. Recognizing that inner critic in yourself saying, oh, you're not good enough, Jess. You shouldn't be a teacher. You should be doing this. Slap that inner critic, (laughs) approach yourself with some compassion, talk nice to yourself, even if it's internally, don't talk shit to yourself internally because that's not helping anything. Your brain doesn't know the difference. I was doing that. Don't believe that. Yeah. You're in a, yeah. Don't. There's no sense in that. Yeah. But I do it all the time too. But it's just recognizing it. You've already recognized it. We're processing it. You've meditated twice this week. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> and <laughs> um, I did breathing methods the past yes. two days with my students. It's so good. Yes. Yeah. It's so important. So it's... It's all part of the program, right? And so you're going to become a fun, well, you already are a fun teacher. I'm sure your kids are <laughs> definitely like, hey, where are even hiding this one, school district? Thanks, John. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think it's, it's, you know, I'm still young, but it, you, you sometimes you think that you've already faced the big stuff you're going to face, and then all of a sudden it, it comes on board so heavily and so strong, and you're like, mm-hmm. how am I going to go through this? How am I going to do that, right? Mm-hmm. But come up with a game plan. It doesn't need to be a 10-week, 16-week game plan. Just make right. a game plan for that day. Yep. Again, yep. it's about, I hate, be present. <laughs> it's just it gets hey. so redundant. Be present. But it, it, exactly, like take one thing at a time. What am I going to do in this next hour to be productive this day? And like when you start thinking weeks and months ahead of time, that's when things get too... Right out of control right Right. mentally right they seem like almost so far out of like out out of reach Mm -hmm. so that's the big lesson for change is yeah just focus on 
bite-sized. The task at hand. Bite-sized. That's all bite we size. can do. Because yep. all we have is this moment. Times the hardest part about change is having left a comfort zone. Leaving a comfort zone is so challenging because you're comfortable there, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're accustomed to whatever that routine or those habits or those behaviors are. The people you work with, everything, everything that comes with a working space mentally and you know, physically is so normal. It's, it, you've been, it's habitual. Mm-hmm. So to leave that space where you feel at home into an entire new world where you know nothing is ex- hard, John. It's exciting to me. <clears throat> like that's exciting yeah, to me. See, I love living on that you, edge. Right. I oh. seek it. I seek it. A lot of people look off the edge though. They never jump. Right. There's no jump. And I think I jumped and I landed so fast. I, I forgot that I even did that. Like I missed that exciting part. It was just, yeah. it just happened. I was, I was landed. Yeah. What is your advice for why it's important to leave a comfort zone? Growth. Expand. I mean, it's, it's, um, how are you going to grow? How, this is one thing I've learned uh, is that I don't know anything. Like the more I learn stuff, the more books I read, the more, the more I dig into stuff, I realize I know nothing about anything. And which is kind of crazy because I know so much more than when I did mm-hmm. a year ago, three years ago, especially 10 years ago. And where I, th- especially when I knew everything and I'm this tough guy or whatever, but, um, you know, it's just fascinating to me how much stuff is out there that we just don't even know about, right? So that this is where I'm getting like kind of going scattered because it's like, ooh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like look at this. So I just joined a whole new um, workshop that I'm gonna be doing over the next two months now because I wanted to grow and, and hold myself accountable and have an accountability coach and 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 not and like these whole, I'll talk more about it another time, but, um, but I wanted more. I mean, just doing this podcast, I have a couples retreat I'm putting on this weekend. Uh, we were out in Phoenix. Was that last, no, two weekends mm-hmm. ago, um, for a fundraiser. Uh, there's just, there's always something I'm working on a new program for the state of Arizona that, that I'm really excited for, uh, in mindfulness for first responders. There's, there's just so many things that if I was sitting at home playing video games, or drunk or just not expanding myself, man, life is passing me by. I think that's straight out of Ferris Bueller. But I love <laughs> what you just said. Yeah, let, keep going. I love that. It's, um, I, I, I'm at the point now where I'm like, I only have so many more years on this place to learn as much as I can and experience as much as I can. You know, we, we bought the van. Like, as soon as, you know, we've been using it. I want to say when Grace leaves, but like, no, we've already cruised all over in that thing and um taking it to phoenix tomorrow mm-hmm. um for an event we're for this couple's retreat we're putting on next uh on saturday which i'm stoked about that <clears throat> and that thing came out of wanting to give more uh, first responders modalities of different things that i've learned by getting out of my comfort zone, yeah. doing the breath work, doing the Wim Hof breath work stuff, ice immersion, right? Like, why would I get into a bucket of ice water? Like, that sounds horrible, right? Well, that leads to cold showers every day for me, and I love it, you know? Like, the other morning I got up, and the last thing I want to do is get in there. It was like, uh, and I just get in there. But I like psyching myself up to do it, push myself. Yeah, it's never push comfortable, myself. but that's the point. Yeah, I love pushing myself in an uncomfortable situation. 
and I don't know if it's just like when it's all over of like this feeling of accomplishment, like I did it. Um, and that makes me feel good. It's like a little win, all these little victories all day long, but, um, the Can growth, I, yeah. growth. Can I be a little sciencey right now? You may. I don't think people love being uncomfortable. People like the reward and the pleasure that comes with, you know, yeah. with, with comfort after, you know, after success. Right. But when, so dopamine, one of our mm. neuro, you know, our neurotransmitters that's produced in the hippocampus of the brain is released as our body's like pleasure reward system, our mind's pleasure reward system, right? So when we feel a sense of like success, we release dopamine. Question. Yeah. So is it triggered in the hippocampus and released? Or is it, where is it at? Is it in the hippocampus? Yes. Okay. No, I feel like I have to check myself on that. <laughs> oh, you know what it is? I'm thinking of serotonin. That's where I'm getting confused because serotonin's mainly in the gut. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, like ninety percent of that is produced <clears throat> in the gut, and the okay. other parts um, of serotonin is in the brainstem. Okay. Yeah. All right. You can fact check me, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Oh, you're right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but we have we we feel good, and it's in a hormonal response, right? It's a mm-hmm. mental, emotional, physical response mm-hmm. to assuming a position of discomfort and conquering it. Yes. And that's why people who love like getting out of the comfort zones is because they get dopamine releases. <laughs> where, like, that's you know, so accurate. You know what it feels like to feel that good and to have that kind of pleasure yeah. and reward after accomplishing something you maybe didn't think was possible, right? Mm-hmm. And those are the kind of people who keep pushing boundaries, not in the negative way, but who keep pushing boundaries because they know they've already acquired the skills necessary to move in that direction. Right. Then you have people who are really crippled either with anxiety or just an overactive mind who never leave their comfort zones and never make decisions because they're in that same space, right? When you're not getting a dopamine release, you don't know how good it feels. So you don't make any decisions. It's like people who don't exercise. I'm always thinking, how do you not exercise? But they don't even know how good it feels. So like, if you don't know, you're just, you're in this ignorance, right? right. Ignorance is not blissful. <clears throat> That's but um, you can't explain that to someone who doesn't feel bliss, right? Right. right. That's interesting because there's a book uh, that I read. I think it's called Dopamine Nation. Ooh, um, Dope Nation. Sorry. <laughs> I've almost, it is. I want to say that's it. I'll have to look it up. But I, I read it and it's like, it's, it's interesting because I'm an alcoholic and it's like, so I'm seeking that, right? And so what am I seeking? I'm seeking essentially, yes, dopamine, right? So it's, why do I take a cold shower? For that two minutes of cold water, my body compensates with hours of dopamine release. Right. And so it's like, yeah, it makes me feel good. I feel alive after I take a cold shower, and that shit lasts for hours. I'm still feeling it right now because I was, <laughs> I took a cold shower uh, and a nap this afternoon. <laughs> I love it, it's John. Been, it's been a long, um, well few weeks but <laughs> can i expand on that too what you just said because yeah, yeah. it's so relevant to the science i'm getting a little sciencey but I'll, I'll break this down really simply and then i guess we can wrap up yeah are we still talking about Everyone's change like, yes no more scientific <laughs> jargon yes I, I think so okay so what john was just saying about being like really uncomfortable like in like having that who that feeling when you jump in a cold shower or the ice bath so our, our um, nervous system our autonomic nervous system has two parts right the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system your sympathetic is your fight or flight. Okay, that's when you're spiked with epinephrine, aka adrenaline. Your parasympathetic is your rest and digest. It's your relaxation part of your nervous system, right? So John, what he's doing when he's getting into an ice bath or a shower, 
his sympathetic nervous system is activated, right? He's producing adrenaline. It's that your body doesn't want to be to have a lower body temperature. So John has to find a way to re- to rest and activate his parasympathetic to relax his body, to relax the cortisol, to relax the adrenaline, and bring that back down again. And that goes with change too, because when we are, we're in discomfort, we usually have some type of cortisol and adrenaline release, right? We're stressed. We don't feel good. But learning the tactics to cope and to activate this rest, like the, the rest part of the nervous system, mm-hmm. the parasympathetic, is huge. So that's why breath work, meditation, mindfulness, movement, proper nutrition, adequate sleep, water, mm-hmm. all of these things, it's so full circle. Physical, mental, emotional, social, it's so integral to have all these pieces together. They're a tremendous foundation for when you do encounter stress, you're able to handle it. Your body is equipped. Your mind Mm -hmm. is equipped. You are equipped to handle these situations. Like it's like now I'm like, I don't wish for anything to come at me that I don't want, but like I, I'm equipping myself, you know, right. Danielle's like, what did she say something the other day? But I mean, the bottom line was like, shit, I've had worse hangovers than, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. than like I can I power through that. I can power through freaking anything, right. you know, like we just, we were at Disneyland yesterday for, well, we got there like at eight and left at like, I don't even know what time, eight, nine, 10, 11. Exhausting. I, miles, trek miles, little babies, you know, I'm like, shit, this is easy day, baby. Right. And the, the hard things you do, they realize, the more you realize the other things that you used to think were hard are not exactly. hard anymore. No. It just makes you more resilient it, to be yeah, able resilience. to handle that. Totally. So. All right, everybody. Well, I hope you took something out of this episode. It is a really challenging task to put yourself on the top of a mountain looking down at something you know you have to do mm-hmm. or want to do and to actually take that leap of faith and that jump into some type of progress, mm-hmm. whatever that may be in your life. But... John, I will leave, with, leave you with this. Stay changing and stay zesty. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 18 out. <laughs>